A love triangle in Marseille. A small group of soldiers set out to destroy a pair of German weapons. A small town pool shark takes on a great white. The judges of the Third Reich go to trial. And star-crossed lovers meet in New York City. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1961. And the Oscar goes to... The Oscar goes to the And the Oscar goes to the winner is West Side Star. We're back. We're back. We're back. It's been a few it's been, weeks. Been a few weeks. We um we fell behind, Meg. We we hadn't watched our movies, so we pushed the record. We hadn't watched. I really hadn't watched. I mean, you didn't either, but... Uh, we still had a We had still had a couple to watch. I really... Uh, it's funny how when you have all the time in the world, you have no time. Yeah. You know? Especially when it you is, have decided to rewatch all of Mad Men, which is what I've been doing. It is a weird thing, particularly with movies, because I feel like when I was going to work... As opposed to being home all the time, I was watching way more movies because I would watch them like, you know, on my break at lunch when well, I didn't have anything else to do. Uh, why don't you tell the people? Like why don't you tell the people at, when you actually were wa- were watching the movies? No, that's that is when I was watching. Them. <laughs> no, no, no. But when were you? But I, you've told me some. You told if it me was when, movies I had seen before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would play them in the car. In the car, but I wasn't watching them on your phone I'd in seen the car before. Right. No, on my iPad, like in the passenger seat. But I wasn't looking at them. It was just like to remind me of them. In my mind. I wasn't watching new stuff. In my mind, you were, remember when you were doing that play in San Diego and you were like, you, you were like, oh yeah, I'd watch it in the car. And you would just be like (laughs) bopping down the five watching. It would basically be like an audio book. Yeah, sure. With pictures that your eyes will, you know, go to inevitably. I would just, I would tape it to the steering wheel. (laughs) I would just like look at the steering wheel. Um, oh my god but yeah i feel like i was watching like six or seven movies a week when i was working and now i'm watching three movies maybe yeah i'm tired of the screen i am i'm really yeah. i'm quite i'm quite bored of it uh and i don't like watch it you don't, like, don't what? like watching i don't like watching like new releases at home no i want to go back to a movie theater M- maddie was like the other day because they moved uh the james bond movie yeah. Again or whatever. And yeah. he was like, I don't want to pay $20 to watch the fucking secret, but I will pay $20 to watch uh, the new James Bond movie. But I don't want to pay money to watch the James Bond movie. Yeah. I want to watch it in the theater as um, it's meant to be seen. Yeah. Let's bring on um, our guest who has no problem with not going to the movie theater because yep. she's never liked going to the She likes movies, does not like going to movie theater. Um, actress, writer, director, and my wife, Allison Kelly. Hi. Allie. Hi. Hi. Allie's here. I, I am. I. Who would have ever thought Craig would be so low on uh, potential guests that he would have to ask me? <laughs> that's, that's not true. She's Allie, I know, I know. Allie, I want you to know that I've been asking for years. <laughs> and Craig every I, time is like, I, you know what? I just don't like to mix business and, business and pleasure. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, Yeah. it's his fault. um, No, to be fair, I'm very particular about which years I wanted. And I only watch movies that are like 
the people who were in them are not alive anymore, typically. So it took a while for it just to, you know, get back to. We're basically at that point, though, with this year. Yeah, so, yeah. I know. Is anybody um, still alive? Is we Paul, did, New- Paul we Newman's actually, dead? Yes. We talked about this last night, actually, when we were watching, and we'll get to it, but Guns of Navarone. Uh, Irene Pappas is still alive. No way. Yeah, 94 years old. I love and that women the guy live who longer. Plays her, the guy who plays her brother in that movie is also still alive. Oh. He's like 10 years younger. Good on But him. nobody else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Irene Pappas is, first of all, she's got that Mediterranean blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and she's got that Mediterranean diet, which apparently is That's a thing. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. So, good on her. Yeah. She's um, in a lot of flicks. So, Ali, this, we were talking about, you know, going to the movie theater, which doesn't affect you at all. Because no. you see, we usually see one to two movies in the theater a year together. That's right. It's uh, the movies that I feel are the least likely to attract someone who wants to, sh- to shoot people. So I think, uh, like, I saw the Mr. Rogers movie in a... Documentary the documentary theaters. Yeah. I felt like that was, was pretty safe. Ironically, that um, that movie made me want to shoot people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Namely, yeah. the people that made that movie. <laughs> I I felt I feel really bad that Craig married someone who doesn't enjoy going to theaters. Like as the experience of it, it gives me too much anxiety. Um, and so, the, yeah, it doesn't affect me at all. I'm actually happy I can watch movies sooner. I'm sorry. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but. Well, it's fine. You go to, you know, two movies in theaters a year with me, and then I go to like 125 without you. So, you know, it's important to find balance in a relationship. You know, the thing that I think is that's important that I find in a marriage is you got to you got to live your own life. You got to do your own thing. And I Mm -hmm. find I don't know if you're like this, Allie, but the more time I spend away from my significant other, the more I enjoy them. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And then I see them again. And I remember that I don't like him very much and then we separate and i'm like oh i like him and then again this cycle repeats itself yeah Yeah, that's super sweet yeah that's we find that it really it works out well really works for you (laughs) christ the quarantine has been i know people breaking up left really and right i really oh wait guys he walked into the room Just slowly takes. Long, sorry, he's just silence. slowly taking these bagels that are not good out of the toaster. Which I, which you know, this is where quarantine people break. This is why people break up. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because do you guys not? Do you guys not know people that like, are it's, breaking up? It's like an it's like a phantom thread, except he's just taking bagels out of a bag, and it's too <laughs> loud for you. So. I no, I don't know that we know anyone who's breaking up. Craig and I have pretty much maintained the same schedule, even though we hadn't been like, even though we've been home. So like we just lay and watch TV in separate rooms until 6 p.m. when we'd usually be coming home from yep. work. And then we lay together and, and, yeah. watch, and watch TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say not to, again, on the theme of marriage and whatever, Maddie and I have, I have now officially tipped over the edge into, um, uh, d- down in the hole of 90 Day Fiance. <gasps> oh, Craig refuses to get into it. And I have been advocating for him to watch the show our, for so long. Our entire, our entire DVR is just four different 90 Day Fiance's six episodes. Megan, 
For my birthday, my friend Grace made me a guess who game, but it, she she handmade it into a 90 day With fiance. With 90 day fiance. Yes. yes. It's okay. amazing. So I we need to play. Okay. I would love to play because I am, uh, we're, I, I, we're doing a deep dive. It's funny, Craig. I mean, seriously, you should because, Thank you. because Maddie is more, maybe more into it than I am. It is very, I will say this. It is very dark. There's, I, it's like, like housewives I can binge because there's a level of like fun there. There is, it does make me feel better about myself though. It does make me feel better about me. Yes. Like, yes, these, absolutely. These, these people are, it's dark times, you know, it's darker yeah. than the pandemic. Lying, <laughs> just lying on the couch and just watching like, like this 41 year old woman, like, oh, the 26 year old from Tunisia, you don't, maybe he's I not know. that into you. It's, that is a, that was a heartbreaker, a real heartbreaker. Yeah. And it's surprising. Some of them are heartbreaking, but some of them I'm just like, how did you? Who in like 2020 doesn't have like more than one picture on Facebook yes. and doesn't have a working camera on their yes. phone? Like, yes, it's such a, sh- it's such a shock. It's so, it's so bananas to me. It's so bananas. It's a bummer. Especially because we know from the Arab Spring that all that stuff was only public because of people having cameras on their phone and social media. So this Tunisian, mm-hmm. you got to get on it. He he knew he definitely had a lot more knowledge than he was letting than he was letting yeah. let poor Danielle know. Anyway, yeah. well, so um, that's actually probably a great transition. Uh, we'll jump into our movies. And speaking of love and how it can go wrong, our first nominee alphabetically is Fanny. I I, I just want to I just want to cut in and I think and say I think part of the reason it took us a little bit longer to watch all this mo- all the movies was because I was so put off by this one and it was the first one we watched. I'm gonna I'm gonna guys I'm gonna blow your mind right now. I liked Fanny. Ugh, Megan. Okay, this is it's honestly the most disappointing thing you've said in fifty some odd episodes of this podcast. <laughs> thought I was going to really like it because it's like the type of thing I would really like. And then I just was like waiting for so I, uh, for something to happen that, uh, uh, wow. So I would say probably, I don't know, somewhere between zero and 1% of the people listening to this episode have probably ever seen Fanny, which is definitely <laughs> completely lost to history. For sure. Like, I feel like this is not a film anyone ever thinks of. Megan, we looked it up while we were watching it. Were you aware that Fanny was a stage musical that was turned into a movie and they just decided not to bring any of the songs over, which is why the entire film is underscored with musical scoring, but no one ever sings anything? Yes, I am aware of that. I love that <laughs> as well. I, I thought it was a musical and I just was like, wow, this is a really long build for the first song. Like and the, I, the music was coming and I was like waiting for it. And then it just... Didn't. I just assumed it was based on that, based on Maurice Chevalier being in it, like all these things. I was like, oh, this is two years after Gigi. They're just putting like another mm-hmm. ingen- Leslie Caron again in France with Maurice Chevalier. This is clearly um, another musical. And, and I'm no one saying. I'm really outing myself as an idiot by saying this, but I, 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 I'm going to blame it partially on the accents. I didn't realize that they were, I thought they were in Italy for like 10 minutes. 
So, <laughs> okay. Okay. So part of the reason why I liked it was because it was in France. Right. Of course. Okay. Known Francophile over here. Yes. Je parle français. Uh, I like this movie. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It moved for me. It moved for me. Also, I want to play that game with the hat where you put the rock under the hat and you make people kick it. What a delight. Here's what who, I... Here's what my... What is this game? And who... Who is the, you know, the cardinal walking down the street? Yeah. It's like, oh, I know. Hey, I want to kick it. It'd, so it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, got that teenager that likes to kick hats. Yeah. But it's like the clergyman, yeah. the clergyman's the other one who wants to Listen, kick a hat. That's a thing. Speaking, I, I can speak on this because I am a Francophile and that is the, that is a big thing in, in all French people. If they see yeah. any sort of hat on <laughs> the street, hat. it's like a, it's like a fuck, it's like fucking catnip. They can't not well, we kick know, it. We know football is so big there. People just want to kick things all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here's my um, thing about this movie that I think. That and again, this is just maybe the state of the the state that I'm in, the state of this, you know, the state, the state of mind or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is was so nice. I just was ha- like, there was no one in this. Everybody, like, you expect that the the rich guy to be a dick, and you expect like. You know her to be uh like more of like a like a Lolita type like where she's you know trying to trick Marius into whatever you expect all these people and the the mom when she's like I'm pregnant and the mom like yells at her and then you expect her to like yeah. kick her out or whatever and everybody in this movie just is nice and does, even when is, the mom found out he wasn't into her yeah and he was into Fanny she was like oh okay okay I guess that's okay and she's like okay fine whatever I like was truly like. Everybody is just doing the best they can. And so for that reason, it was a pleasant, I was like, I mean, I was supposed to go to France as you guys were uh, during the, during the pandy didn't happen. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pour myself a large glass of wine and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to pretend I'm in the South of France with these nice, generally nice, kind people. Marius was very hot and, um... You know, it was a fine way to pass. Listen, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the two plus hours. Every movie, by the way, we have to talk about this. Every movie from this year is too fucking long. Too fucking yeah. long. <laughs> Every movie over is over fucking two and a half hours. Judgment and is over three. So, I, and Fanny didn't. Fanny didn't need to be over two hours. I think that was no. the part of it. I was like, you could condense this. Like, I didn't need to see three different people kick the hat. Yeah, like it's I, not. I would have been good with one. Yes. It's too long, for sure. But I was like, it was a fine afternoon that I spent watching Fanny, and I thought I was going to. And I think maybe the other thing, too, is that Craig had texted me, like, ooh, good, Fanny. And I was like, here we go. But then I kind of, <laughs> but then I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, I, the one thing I agree with you about is I did write down the only good performance in this movie is Marseille. Yeah, it's beautiful, right? <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, everyone's um, just everyone's just on a ten. It feels like it's either the way people are acting in the movie feels like it should be a musical, or it should mm-hmm. be like a slapstick comedy, and it's not really either of those things. Well, it's definitely it not seems, a musical. Yeah, but it seems like it's <laughs> trying in that to be they a, don't sing or dance. But it seems like it's trying to be a drama. Like it wants us to like. Well, Terry and the Hendersons. <laughs> the Terry and the Hendersons. Remember? She's mm. like, go. I don't like you. <laughs> go. 
guys, Harry and the Hendersons. Remember when Harry go when the the they, I remember the film. I don't remember exact moments. I'll be honest with you. Well, I know. the point where they drive the fucking fucking Harry out to the woods and there and John Lithgow chases him away because it's when best she, for him because because he's like you. I don't like you. We don't want you. We don't get out of here. And she turn and he turns around and is like crying and stuff. That's well, that's no, Fanny. That's, no, that's break. That's breakfast at Tiffany's and Cat. And also that's Harry Cat. Anderson's and that's also just, that's Cat. Also that's yeah. that's Cat. And yeah, this is a big right. Harry and the Hendersons here. <laughs> yeah, it's a big um, Harry. Nineteen sixty-one. Big influence on Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure that Panisse understands how paternity works in this movie. Um, he finds out that Fanny is pregnant, clearly not with his child, and right away he's like, "My child, I'm having a child." Like that's. I guess he will sort of be your son because you're marrying her, but well, yeah. I mean, she doesn't ever seem even slightly. I think it's very progressive of him. I I thought it was. I mean, I think he was just so happy to have a family that by the time he's like, I don't care. By the time he's got the family later on, when the you know Cesar's in his playroom and everything, Cesario, Cesario, yeah. But at the at the moment, just immediately being like, oh. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you know, well, but I think that they paid that moment off though later on when the the whole family was there for the birth, and like the eldest yeah. family member goes in and was like, that was a really touching moment when yeah. he was like, thank you so much. This family would have died out, and you know, because you know, and, it's not you know, about it's not about the family that you are born into. It's about the family that you make. And he knew too. Like, I don't think he was under the impression that Fanny was like head over heels in love with him. I think he was very aware of what their relationship was. And so I, I, I really truly think that he was just so happy that he was going to be able to father a child. It didn't bother him that he, you know, it wasn't his. Let me ask you this. Do you think they banged? No, no, maybe once. On like Christmas, one, like, like one time once on Christmas, yeah, once a year, like on for his birthday, she was like, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Just curious about um, that because she didn't have another kid, so I'm like, probably right. didn't bang. Can we talk about because she's fertile as fuck? You have one. This is what I <laughs> I, I, ju- I do want to say. I, I had the fear of God put into me growing. Not that I was having sex. No, not that anybody had any interest in having sex with me growing up. But uh, when I was a teenager, but I will say they put the fear of God into you. They're like. You have sex, you're gonna get pregnant. You're gonna get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And and the media, fake news media, also does that. What these movies do not uh, show you is very hard to get pregnant. It's, right. it's like two days a month that a lady a lady can get pregnant. It is it is very hard. So I gotta yeah. say, Fanny, good on you. Mar- mm-hmm. Marius is super sperm or whatever because they had sex one time. That's really got to pitch you off sex for a long time. Um. When Marius comes back and he's standing in the window, come on, creep. Yeah. Don't do that. Like, yeah. that's scary. You look like the Knight of the Hunter or something like that. Especially because like, he thought that the that Panisse was there. He was like, go get your husband. Yeah. I'll have a drink. I'm like, go use the door. Why don't yeah, you use, use the, the door? door. <laughs> Knock yeah. on the door like a normal person. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, yeah. He's been at sea too long. He's got sea madness. Um, the other thing I had a big problem with is... The grandmother is a terrible caretaker. They oh, say you're not allowed honorary. to go. <laughs> you're honorary. not allowed to go to. Yeah, you're not allowed to go to the market. She immediately takes him to the waterfront mm. after that, and then 
get so sucked back into selling sardines, which and oysters reason, and cockles and mussels. Yeah, it's her passion that she completely forgets about her five-year-old grandson and lets him just run long, wild long enough for him to get on a boat with yeah. somebody. She like, did yeah. turn her back for a long time. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. I will say that. And that guy was a creep, like a real creepster. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take you to an island where your mechanic father lives. <laughs> <laughs> they did have chemistry, although girlfriend needs a hot oil treatment on her hair. Yes, Legit. her hair. <gasps> dried out. I was like, that. whoever did was hair and makeup on that shoot did her dirty. Yeah, they did. she's a pretty girl. And I was like, they, they're not doing shit with his hair. No. Maybe it was just the humidity. Is the humidity bad there? Maybe she just doesn't have good hair for the humidity. Maybe, and maybe. 1961, they didn't have They the didn't know how to deal then. with it, I guess. Yeah. It's like yes, I feel like she had, she had good hair in Gigi, if I remember correctly. Maybe, it's, maybe it is the climate of... Do you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's playing Paradise gone. City. Okay, now it's gone. <laughs> That's very strange. Anyway, oh, is Fanny. It, is this, does Slash still live next door to you, <laughs> Megan? It's all hours of the night. It's just that one song, though. Just that one song. He's he doesn't like any of the fresh. other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I as much as it was refreshing at how nice everyone was, I did still find the ending to be super weird and not... Yeah, the letter being like, will you marry my wife before yeah. I die in this bed in front of all of you? <laughs> yeah, that was in... Tan- die of what, by the way? Die of his 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 son being... His adoptive son being lost for an hour or so? <laughs> I feel like it was like implied that he was like a martyr and like was just kind of like it's time for me to die yeah so I, the fam the real family can be together so I i'm just gonna news. lay here if you could will yourself to die <laughs> craig and i would be long gone <laughs> uh yeah it was i mean yeah the end is very very pat but honestly marius deserves some like that guy is the guy that got really the short end of the stick he was like pushed to leave and then nobody told him that he was having, nobody gave him the option of, of coming back for his son. Uh, and then he's kind of well, like, was he though? Wasn't family. he supposed to No, He was supposed I to take over let, his dad's business. Yeah, He wanted to leave. He chose to go to sea. Well, because she pushed him. She was like, I'm going to marry Panisse. I don't want you around. Get out of here. Again, mm. Harry, she, Harry and the Henderson him. <laughs> she, Harry and the Henderson him. And, that, classic, uh, that classic trope. I'm just saying. It's funny how many movies would not work if you had cell phones. Yeah. Just call them up. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you... Oh, you're in the Indian Ocean? Call them up. Hey, buddy, uh, you got to get to get to land real quick. Um, hop on the train because we're having a baby. I don't know. I still like this movie. More than... Well, and I'll tell you this. More than some other ones we're going to talk about. Well, that's fine for you. It's the wrong opinion. Hey, Craig, I know you. it's fine for me. Thank you so much for a lot for for mansplaining to me what's fine for me to feel. I, I challenge our listeners to somehow track down the film Fanny. Um, I would love I, it if all of a sudden there was just an outpouring of support I'm, for Fanny. Yeah, also gains like, like a cult following. Yeah, great name, Fanny. <laughs> Love that name. Loving it. Loving it. Funny. 
funny, funny? especially with a with a French accent. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we move along? Yes, on to the next. Please. Anything else about Fanny? On to the next very long movie, I'm sure. Well, we're going straight from France to Greece and the Guns of Navarro. Also very long. It's a long film. Very long. And, well, we'll I, get into it. My, my first note about the Guns of Navarone is there's an opening scroll all about thanking the, the country of Greece for letting them shoot there. And it's like 45 seconds to a minute long. It's like the Star Wars scroll. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure why it wasn't in the closing credits of the film. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know the why country it's the of Greece first thing we see. Gave like blew everybody on this uh, on this shoot. <laughs> <laughs> the that's country the of Greece gave think. out so many blow hand jobs and blow jobs to the people I, on this shoot, and that's why they had to thank them. Yeah, I wonder if like something really shitty happened while they were filming there, so they were like really, really ass kissing. We had to apologize. To cover yeah. up. Yeah. 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 We accidentally knocked down the Acropolis during one of the scenes, <laughs> so we have to. Um, it's Acropolis 2 now. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I I don't believe that to happen because all of the special, not all of the special effects, but a lot of the effects in this movie are not good and very, conf- I mean, the part where they're climbing the, the, yeah, I'm making the, the rocks, yeah. the rocks yeah. whatever, is tense and cool. And I like that. And, but uh, a Ever, lot of the other it, stuff. Except, so the biggest problem with this, and it's just, the age of the movie is when they're climbing every time they are looking down and it's very clearly like green screened ocean or like, I think the, there's a sort of later in the movie when there's the shipwreck. Yeah. Everything when they're before they get actually wrecked is not great because it keeps being like green screen of like Mm -hmm. thrashing storm. Yeah. But when it's just like the wrecked ship and they're trying to get off it and the waves are crashing, I think that stuff actually all looks great because it yeah. was probably all practical. It probably yeah. was just done on a soundstage. It's just hard to sort of tell the way the direction is, is it's like, it's all just a little bit. And and again, this also, I think action movies suffer from, and this is not a blanket statement, but in general, I think it's harder to be a, a compelling action movie if you're in black and white. Because it's, and especially when the, a lot of the scenes that the action movies were taking place at night. It was just like, it's literally like just harder to see. Yeah. Right. Armageddon suffers from this as well. It's a very dark movie. Or that one episode of Game well, of Thrones. Well, because it's in space. Yeah, it's in space. Yeah. Space is pretty dark. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It was like hard to sort yeah. of like tell kind of what was going on. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess my, my the saving grace of this movie, it is very funny, like... A little Gregory Peck does go a long way, man. I was, I, that was my favorite part of the movie was, he was, you know. He's a star. That that, that guy's got something. I'll tell you. Like I I could watch him do anything and be very, very interested in it. 100%. 100%. So I I, should, I should point out that when he came on screen, Allie pulled out a giant hand fan and started Fanning it's herself. True. Fanning Ooh. myself. Ooh. And and I had my handkerchief too. I was dabbing. Dabbing. My forehead. Very demurely. I mean, yes. his looks hold up, bro. Like good, I know. Good looking dude. Um yeah, I, I just 
because of what this movie is, you know what I wanted? And they sort of almost do it with the little scene where like they're reading the files, but I wanted like a getting a gang together, like yes. montage. Yeah. Mm. Like where we like see the guy who's really good with the knife, like yeah. as opposed to just him reading about it in his files. That's yeah. totally um, exactly I, it. It should have been like an Ocean's Eleven type, like here's the plant, like hit the ground yeah. running of like, here's yeah. the plan. We got to get the guns. How are we going to do this? We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And if I think it would have moved faster for sure. And somewhere we would have been able to cut something off the two hour plus whatever runtime, which again, didn't seem that necessary. Right. They have to destroy and, the guns. Go destroy the guns. Yeah, it... No. it Back then, they never would have done this, but now it would be a perfect, like, hour and 45-minute movie. Yeah. Yeah. I also felt like it was not very clear, like, a lot of the time what what was going on, Mm -hmm. and I I wasn't sure if I was just missing something, but I think that the lens through which the story was told just wasn't super creative, Um, whereas I think other movies like um, Judgment at Nuremberg, well, which we'll get into, I feel like that was really compelling and fascinating, the lens through which they told that one. Yeah, you know I, what I, mean? I, so, think, I think you're totally right, Allie, and I think that so much of it is because, the, is because Guns of Navarone does not seem, even though Gregory Peck is like, uh, I guess, the, the center of it, it doesn't, it's, it, this, the, the, the judgment of Nuremberg is so clearly from the perspective of Spencer Tracy and mm-hmm. you need somebody to like, yeah, you need a, a perspective on it or you need yeah. some sort of emotional grounding and I point just, of view, a yeah. point of view. And I just didn't, you don't get that from, from, from the guns of Navarone. And so if in the absence of that, you need, like, it needs to be really tightly told and it's right. just not. That's um, really well put. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like the there's a couple scenes towards the end of the movie that I think are really well done. Like I think the whole the whole scene where they figure out that not Irene Pappas, but the other female character is um, is a spy and is a spy. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's sort of like a half cop out because they realize they're gonna have to kill her and will a man kill a woman? And um but I think that's really interesting. I think the end of the movie, even though you know going in like they're definitely going to destroy these guns like there's yeah i think there is some tension at the end that maybe they're not yeah yeah because they do get a those guns get a couple shots off at the destroyers yeah and there is and you keep seeing that elevator go down and not go down far enough and eventually you're like well maybe this is like an arlington road where it's like nope actually the nazis won and they blew up (laughs) like they sunk all these destroyers and um did you know anthony quinn is not greek at all I did not know that. Who plays Greek in this movie and Zorba the Greek? Zorba the Greek, yeah. He's Mexican American. Wow. Never realized that those cultures were that close. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he was sort of a catch all. You know, we talked about it when we did Lawrence of Arabia and they sort of just threw him in as. Well, yeah, they, ethnic, they did but, the thing of like anything that's not white, uh, you can just play. And then some, yeah. you know, some well, white people can play. <laughs> that's interesting because the actor who plays Bernardo in West Side Story is, in fact, Greek. Mm-hmm. Now, where was he not available to play for the Guns of Navarone? <laughs> he was too busy dancing, I guess. Because uh, I'm going to tell you something that the Guns of Navarone could have used a little bit more of dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have loved a. They did have break. that one like song at the wedding. 
before the Nazis show up. But oh, yeah, not, right. But it was the dancing was just kind of the circular. Yeah. And I not couldn't very enjoy it because there was too much like impending doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a break for me. <laughs> I guess I want to like, I, I want to amend my earlier statement because I, I did say I was like, I think it's harder to make these action movies in black and white because it's the contrast just is not there. But I do feel like The Longest Day did a really good job of that. And I think, I again, I just really feel like it's because the objective was so clear and everybody was working towards the same thing. And, and that is a movie that has like a lot of different perspectives that you, that you're Mm -hmm. seeing through, but I, but it, and, and a lot of different like vignettes, but every time they just made it very, the setup and payoff was clear and, and you could just draw a straighter line, I guess. And this movie just felt a little. I, th- I think this movie's too long and too overstuffed, but I actually feel opposite. Like, I actually like this better than Longest Day because it's more streamlined and was only about doing one thing. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. Longest Day is like 600 different storylines about D-Day. Yeah, which I think um, is fair. I just think that this per- per- this particular story didn't hold my attention in quite the same way, although Gregory right. Peck certainly did. Yeah. Um, the guns, the guns of Navarone, they're big guns. Big guns, when they showed those guns, I was like, yeah, you got to get rid of those guns. Yeah. Navarone, <laughs> not a real place, by the way. That's, that's, oh, a, that's fictional island. Because we'll get to that, actually. That's sort of one of my, maybe my one nitpick about Judgment at Nuremberg. But oh, we'll I know. That yeah, we'll also. talk about that, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the guns of, of Navarone? I like the two-minute segment where, like, the team members that are not going to survive all die at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well... It was efficient. Every, everyone can't make it through, so these two people whose names you don't know in real life that aren't David Niven and aren't Gregory Peck and aren't Anthony Quinn, uh, they're going to just get got right now. So, <laughs> say goodbye. They're going to dip out. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, fine, it's fine. It's just, it just is, again, like so many other movies this this year... And, and we've talked about this. With, we really touched on it with uh, Lawrence of Arabia. These movies are just too long. Like, what's going yeah. on? Sixties. I, I think also the genre of like World War II movies. They had an audience based because yeah. it was people of the that generation who had lived through it. Mm-hmm. So I think that they, in a way, there was less pressure to to kind of they knew that they had a fan base already built in because it was right. Yeah. The movie only had to be like, it's like star Wars today. The movie has, right. it doesn't have to be that good. People are going to go see it. Who cares? Yeah. Um, the hustler. <sighs> I mean, listen, Paul Newman can get it. Like talk about a, another, another hot fucking dude. That guy, that guy is a star. Yeah. I, really really liked the hustler um and i think this sounds super depressing but i really appreciated how progressive their depiction of alcoholism was oh yeah it was very dark and very sad but like very very true yeah um and almost kind of ahead of its time i think maybe not but it i think uh, Days of Wine and Roses was a couple years after this, and that yeah. I, I think that's that oh. feel like is like feels like the real like a real uh, like a real peak of that. But yeah. I do think she does a really good job, and he does too. 
It's a it's like this is the this movie was the opposite of Fanny for me, and I was like in that mm. that I was like this is not where I want to spend two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean it's a hard place to spend it. It is. I, I totally get that. I also was thinking a lot. So Craig also watched Breakfast at Tiffany's as like an extra movie. I have seen it many times, obviously because I am a white millennial. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> who, um, right and, there with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I also can't. Have it, because I've seen it so many times, I, I can't, it's too hard for me to watch certain parts of it, like the, and the cat thing, whatever. But I, I do think it's really interesting, the comparison between the depiction of alcoholism between the, the two females um, yeah. in, in, and how, how differently it's portrayed in, in both. Yeah, it's such, well, it's a, it's a much easier, it's the New York of Breakfast at Tiffany's Versus the, I guess this is New York in The Hustler, I think. I think it's just the Midwest. So, whatever. The city yeah. of yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's versus the city of uh, The Hustler is, mm-hmm. it's a much grittier, darker place for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, I think the other thing too, I will say that is just from, this is just my own personal thing. I don't give a shit about watching people play pool. So like <laughs> that, so I'm coming at it a little bit from a... Uh, from a from a disadvantage of like I don't play pool I don't really get pool and the and forty minutes in I was like is this movie just him playing pool with Jackie Gleason? Um, it's not. It got it got better from there for sure. Uh, but uh, I Maddie watched the first forty minutes with me and I'd said to him um, <laughs> one funny thing that he said. <laughs> I said don't oh, don't you wish you were Paul Newman? Doesn't every man? <laughs> Maddie goes, do I wish I was dead? Yes, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I will buy the salad dressing just to feel closer to him. Oh, yeah. How yeah, much yeah, I love yeah. Paul Newman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doesn't and, it feel like after this movie came out, um, no one should have ever been hustled in a pool hall ever again? Yeah. Like, yeah. doesn't it feel like if you've been hustled in a pool hall in the last 60 years, you should be like, well, I mean, I, I should have sh- known. I should have paid attention. Yeah. But, you know, this guy that lost a couple rounds and, Pretending to get drunk was eventually going to be a great pool player, yeah. and, and then get his thumbs broken, which seems woof. Yeah. That just the, like, I, the idea of that is rough. The yeah. first time he plays Minnesota Fats, they talk about how he's at eighteen thousand dollars. You know how much money that is now? How much? One hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus, walk away. I don't understand. See, this is my other thing too. I don't understand gambling. I don't either. It's, um, yeah. I get that people love to do it. Uh, I have plenty of other vices, but gambling is like not... Every time I go to Vegas, I went to Vegas in February uh, to shoot this thing, and I sat at the... I took $50, which I realize is not enough, and sat at the blackjack table and played for like, I don't know, 25 minutes, ran out of money, and I was like, and I'm done. And I'm I done for the week. I don't have enough... I just <clears throat> don't have enough money that to enjoy like losing it yeah. because it, I just am too poor. And I keep yeah. thinking for like, that to be fun for me. I keep thinking like, what could I have spent this money on? Yeah, my other vices we, like drinking. My my parents love Vegas, and we've gone and met them there a couple times. And my dad always give us like a hundred dollars so to cute. go play. He gives us and spending like, money. That's, that's, I will that like, is adorable. I will put the hundred dollars in my wallet and be like, "Great, now I have a hundred dollars for when I get back to Los Angeles." 
I, I usually spend it at the slot machines because I figure even if I don't understand how to win it, it doesn't matter. I just have to push a button. Yeah. So well, fine. and then they'll bring you, they come around and they bring you drinks. Bring you drinks. So yeah. that's fine. I mean, again, I'll probably just take that $100 and go to the bar, buy myself mm-hmm. a couple of drinks and enjoy uh, the surroundings, enjoy the people yeah. watching. I just don't get, yeah, I don't get that. That gives me anxiety. 150 something thousand dollars. That gives me anxiety thinking I can't about believe that, that, like, their people's careers are professional. Yeah. Gamblers. Like that is like, like that, um, what was it? James, who was on Jeopardy recently, the, the Jeopardy champion. That's oh, his yeah. job. That's his job? That's yeah, his job. He's a sports gambler. Yeah. What, a, like, how do you sleep at night? What a nightmare. What I, a nightmare. I have no idea. Yeah. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't, that's another part of the world that I don't get. The stu- so the gambling stuff for me, which was a lot of the movie, just was, uh, a little bit of a snoozer rooney I did like the stuff with in the apartment with uh, mm-hmm. what's her face, McGee, drink, drinky drinkers. Piper Laurie. Piper Laurie. I wrote Piper down, Laurie. is Fast Eddie Felsen Carrie White's mother? Piper Laurie also played Margaret White and Carrie. The ages just about line up because this movie is like, 17 years before. Oh, you're doing like a crossover do we thing. Think, yeah, do we think Same Fast Eddie is Carrie's mother? Wow. Wait, father. Father, father. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty crazy. I mean, I mean, let let should we give a moment of silence to think about it? <laughs> let everybody uh, think about it? No, I don't I don't think we need to take that much time. Do you know that this guy, the one thing I did I was interested in this is um the director was a communist. Who named names? Oh, he was a member of the Communist Party. He was he was uh, called to the House on of Un American whatever. What is it? House on Un American activities. House Un American activities. Huak, uh, and he he was blacklisted because he named a lot of names. In Hollywood. Um, well, as much as I uh, appreciate her as an actress, there was one article, Olivia de Havilland, when she died, there was something about how she had like been really staunchly like pro-whack, I guess, and like anti-communist. And one of the, I'm sure it was one of the conservative places, like, and she also fought for her country by opposing the communists during the blacklist phase. And people were like, uh, let's uh, not talk about like, this is actually not like the thing we want to like Olivia de Havilland did a lot of really important things, but that's maybe not the best light. Not a great thing. Uh, of, yikes. Yeah. Uh, on the wrong side of history there, Melanie. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there were a couple notes I wrote down about well, this movie. I could argue she was on the wrong side <laughs> of history. <laughs> as Melanie as well. <laughs> yes. Melanie. Mm-hmm. 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 Across the board. Um, but she lived a long life. Again, women live longer. And for that, I'm disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were so many uh, so many things in these movies this year that I was like, oh, imagine living in a world that could have that. Like the open air markets of Fanny. That's very yeah. much now. But in The Hustler, like he just stores all his stuff in a locker in the train station. Imagine still having lockers in train stations or airports, which they used to have all the time before 9-11. Yeah. But that's just not something we can do anymore. Can't live in a locker. Nope. 
Um, here's my other thought in watching George C. Scott in this movie. Oh, he is good in this movie. I will I say. Think, I think George C. Scott and Philip Seymour Hoffman are very similar in terms of like these actors that were fantastic. And I feel like with the exception of sort of Capote and uh, Patton rarely played the lead role. Yeah. But I feel like they're basically maybe the best thing and everything they appear in. I think you're, mm-hmm. that's a really apt comparison. That's I a agree. very, cause they also, he, they also very like, they have that quality where they are, it's not like they disappear into the role, but they are different yeah. every time. They don't do yeah. the same. Cause there's, there's lots of great actors that I'm just like, oh, they're going to do, uh, even Meryl Streep. We talked about when we did sort of that retrospective of like, yeah. she, Meryl Streep gonna Meryl. Like she is, yeah. and Tom Hanks too is like a great actor, but he always is like a shade of Tom Hanks. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that um, Scott and uh, PSH definitely have that thing where they, you're not sure what they're going to do. Like right. it's different. It's, it's slightly different every time, which is uh, yeah. an exciting thing to watch yeah. on screen. It's good. Yeah. Um, He's yeah, good. I, yeah. I think the end confrontation in this movie is great. Um, I like this movie. I, I get not wanting to 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 live in this world, but I think yeah. it's, I think it's well done. I think I think not wanting. I think how how uncomfortable and difficult it is to live in this world, especially to watch it right now, speaks to the integrity of how it was made. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 That does make sense. Um, Judgment at Nuremberg. Well. I, le- I mean, I've seen this movie before um, because, uh, you know, not only am I a known Francophile, but uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big World War II, but just the European stage, just the European right. stage mm-hmm. uh, fan. Not um, the Pacific. Not a fan. Campaign. No, not interested in the Pacific. Don't, don't give me flags from the fathers. Don't give me Iwo Jima's. Don't give me this. No. Uh, but the European stage is Tora, 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 more like Nora, Bora, Nora, Bora. Nora. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, th- so, so even though this movie is over three hours, which again, too long for sure, yeah. uh, it held my, it held my attention more than a lot of other stuff. And again, um, Part of that, which we said before, is because Spencer Tracy does make such a great um, central, even if he's not the most interesting character in the movie, he's a right. really great, like, tentpole person to, like, it's something, yeah. somebody to hang your hat on. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, again, more, let's keep it up with the attractiveness. Maximilian, what's his name? Shell? Shell. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. And he, talking and- about Talk about dabbing myself. I also want to talk about. <laughs> Sorry about that. that I also gross. wanted to talk about Marlene Dietrich's uh, skincare routine, um, but then Craig burst the bubble and said, "Well, she had plastic surgery." But I'm like, I don't care. I, whatever it still she looks doing, really good. It's good work. Yeah, everybody has plastic surgery, Craig. Duh. No, it's I, good I, work. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't shaming her for it. I was just bringing it up because we were. Ta- I was like, you know. Like we were surprised to find she was like in her mid sixties in this movie. She looked amazing. I mean, especially because mid sixties in this era is like, you know, like eighties now basically. I mean, you basically start like 
started to look like you were old when you were like 40. Yeah. That era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I mean, we didn't have, they didn't have, uh, they didn't uh, she, didn't was, have, she was, she was 60 when the movie was released. They so didn't she have skinceuticals and she was probably now. smoking like That's a right. chimney. Um, Drinking. I was impressed with her, her kind of, with her look. Um, this is a fascinating movie. Uh, yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about like, the real story. Cause these are obviously the trials of Nuremberg were real. They really right. happened. It's weird to me. It's interesting that they chose to focus on the judge's trial because that seems a lot less splashy than when they tried like the higher ups at the, obviously, right. you know, as they say, Goebbels is dead. Himmler was killed himself. So the, so the one thing Hitler. about this movie that I think is sort of, um, questionable for me because i also really like this movie and i find it really compelling is ernst yawning who is sort of the key defendant i guess he's sort of the main of the four judges he's played by burt lancaster is not a real person it's a fictional character and they almost there's something about the way he's portrayed is he's sort of like the good german yeah you know that he did these bad things but he you know there's a seen sort of late in the movie with Judy Garland on the stand and he sort of halts yeah. Maximilian mm-hmm. Schell, who's attacking her. Which, by the way, it, Spencer Tracy should have allowed that objection to, like, should have sustained that objection. You, that's called badgering the witness. You can't fucking yeah. do that. Yeah. Maximilian um, Schell, come on now. But So it's a little strange to me, the movie, I think they probably maybe focused on the judges simply because they, like, I'm sure, like, even with Goebbels and Gehring and a lot of the people gone, even kind of the second tier of people probably made a lot more news and they thought maybe this would be a story people weren't as aware of. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure why they didn't just use real judges. I don't know why they felt like they had to sort Invent- of soften yeah. the well, and make character it- a little bit. Well, I think they, I, it felt because of that, it felt more like a movie because, right. the, because they're drawing right. the parallels between Spencer Tracy and Yawning. So yeah. like mm-hmm. in the end, Spencer Tracy doesn't do what Yawning did. He doesn't, right. you know, make a decision for political reasons or whatever, right. because he thinks it's best for, cause they're telling him like, we need the German people, like whatever, yeah. uh, keep them on our side, find them innocent or whatever. Um, so I, I think for that reason, like that was, it's well set up, I guess, in the sense of like, like playing that dichotomy between the two of them, especially the, especially the idea that like, you know, uh, black, that, that good and evil is not always black and white, right? It's like there, there are shades of, of gray in this world, but like you said, by the same token, it is, it's and and like Ali said, this is only this is filmed like what fifteen years. Fifteen after? years. I mean, less than that from the actual trial. Yeah, so fifteen years after the end of the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's so close to that. It does seem, I don't know, weird to to right. make it to. I I get why they did it for as a movie, but it's like it's it's as if you had made when you know what's his face made a uh, uh, the nine eleven movie. Whatever. I was just thinking that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If you had taken like you can't really take poetic license with something so important that just happened. That yeah. was so recent. Yeah. yeah. Um that being said, I do like 
the um I think it is sort of daring some of the stuff they do with and I don't know if this stuff was actually from the trials, but like when Maximilian Shell like quotes Oliver Wendell Holmes on sterilization. Yeah. And some of the stuff that they kind of bring up, like comparing the stuff Nazi Germany did with like basically things that would be okay in the United States had yeah. someone chosen to take it that far. Yeah. Um, I think all the, obviously all the Dachau stuff is very moving um, yeah. when they show the actual scene, uh, actual found footage. And when he has the conversation yeah. with the housekeepers. Yeah. When he, cause he's very like, not in a, I mean, pretty like just very curious and and open of like did you know what was like how, what was it like under the third reich and you can tell they're so uncomfortable i don't know if I, mm-hmm. i've told this story before but my friend from high school yanina who's from germany i don't think so um this girl i went to boarding school and this girl was from uh germany and mm-hmm. there was uh there's this one teacher who would always like yell in the like if you were being like too listen i have my voice carries i have a loud voice it's shocking and mm-hmm. he, I would always get yelled at in the dining hall because for like laughing too loud or whatever. Like fuck this guy. And uh, whenever he would come in, I'd be like, oh fuck the fucking dining hall Nazis here. Like the dining hall Nazi over here. And I remember one day she was like, can you not use that word? And I was like, what word? Like no idea. And she's like, Nazi? Can you not say that? It's like really uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like that word. I don't know no. where I was going with that, other than. But other than, you know, whatever, this is, this was obviously the 2000, this is 50 years later and it was still like, it's still uncomfortable. It was still uncomfortable for her. Yeah. Sort of to hear. Um, Maximilian Schell won best actor. Good for him. For this performance. He's the lowest billed person in history to win best actor. Wow. wow. Is that because there's like, so many famous people in this movie, though? He's like he's like fourth or fifth build in the movie behind, obviously, Spencer Tracy and Burt Lancaster. And I Marlena think, Dietrich, probably. I think Marlena Dietrich's mm-hmm. above him. And I think um, I think there's one other. Oh, um, the guy who plays the 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 prosecutor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, the, who's uh, in, the uh, army guy. He's in some Richard, stuff. Uh, Richard Widmark. Yeah. Um, how did you guys feel about how they did, how they got around the language thing? I actually thought it was a really good conceit to kind of like start it off with like, you know, using the headphones mm-hmm. more so we understood there was a translator and then kind mm-hmm. of like slowly get away from it yeah. by the end. But I thought they, I thought it was a smart way to do it. I I, th- I did too. Yeah. yeah. I kind of always preferred just to speak in the language, but then you're not yeah. getting, you're not going to get Burt Lancaster and you're not going to get Judy Garland. Right. And you're not going to, you know what I mean? And like, and then Maximilian's that it's just, it, I get that it being kind of like a turn off for, for yeah, I just like, I like that Stanley Kramer and you know, I, it was a play and first, I think. So I don't know if they did it in that, but, um, just the way that they did make it a conceit as opposed to most World War II movies that we even see now where the Germans are just speaking in British accents yeah, or, right. you know, that they actually like had it all set up where it was like, oh, okay, I understand what's going on. Yeah, I thought like, it was clever. Using the, it's yeah. so weird to me that whenever it's like they're, they speak English, but it takes place in another country, it has to be British accents. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. That's, that's, that's what it has to be. 
It just has um, to, that's that's it's so funny that you say that because that is a law. <laughs> it's the law. It's the law. I think there's uh, two really interesting performances in this movie. Also, first of all, young William Shatner. Yes. Uh, without without the Shatner speech pattern. Yeah, it's right. very weird to hear him speak like a, a human, human being. Human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also think Judy Garland is really good in this movie, and it's actually. Seeing her in this is maybe a bigger bummer than seeing her in anything else because she's doing something different. Yeah, she's not doing. She doesn't rely on her her on her singing. Yeah, and and seeing how good she was makes it like even sadder. It's really. I was getting very emotional thinking about that when I was watching this as well. Like she really was so so talented. Yeah, yeah, because she Um, was an amazing performer no matter what. But obviously, when automatically thinks of Dorothy or thinks of her, you know. Doing clang, play. clang, clang went the trolley. <laughs> ding, ding, ding went the bell. Did I sound like her? You d- exactly. I thought it, I thought you, you were playing a soundtrack. Sense? I thought you were playing it. I, thought, I, I could do it again. I, I thought it was Renee Zellweger. I thought Renee Zellweger had. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah, I, I, she is really good. And she died at the end of the 60s, right? So not too far, too long after this. She, yeah, 1969. So, yeah. Rip, R.I.P. Yeah, but this was probably one of, I mean. Her last thing. Maybe one of her last movies. Yeah, the last few how, years were not great. How old was she when she made this movie? Uh, Like 30? No, older than that. 35? 35. That's still, I mean, listen. She, yeah. looks, she looks about the same age as Marlene Dietrich, by the way. So. I mean, that's harsh. That's mean. I don't mean that like that. I just Well, mean- no, I, I was actually, yeah, I didn't realize she was that young. Yeah, yeah I she thought had, she would be older. She actually, she only made two, she provided a voice for a movie, and then she was in two movies in 1963. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, those were the, that, and then, you know, she was doing her live act and stuff still. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts on Judgment of Nuremberg? Um. It's an important I story. It, I like it. It's a yeah. it's a well made it's a well made movie. It's too fucking long, but it's a well made movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, that brings us to the Oscar winner for nineteen sixty one, West Side Story. I now, told I, t- um, I talked to my mom today and I said, "Oh, I don't watch West Side Story this week," and she goes, "Oh, this is all she went." <laughs> what? That's that um, is your takeaway from West Side Story. Now, part of the reason that when Allie said she wanted to do an episode that I, with what we had left in the 60s, I suggested 1961, is that my wife performed in West Side Story in high school. I did. A uh, very controversial, uh, problematic, dare I say, production in which I played Anita. Um, (laughs) For those of you... Who, who don't know what I look like. I am a very tall, white, blonde woman. Although I did, I did dye my hair brown for, for the role. Um, you went, that's, very, that's very method of you. That's good that yeah. you did that. Oh, yeah. For sure. Thank for you. Sure. Um, so Craig, I tried to get Craig to watch the DVD of my performance after we watched yes. West Side Story, and he refused. Um, that's not true. Craig, shame for shame. T- did we watch it? No, but did did you present me with it? No. Yes, I said we should watch it. 
um, because for shame, it was, you know, I was obviously reminiscing when we were watching this film too. It was probably very annoying for him because I was like, okay, well, just so you know, in like an art production, like Tony and Maria were dating in real life. <laughs> I, and then, so that year we did West Side Story and Romeo and Juliet. It was really my swan song of high school. I played Anita and then I played Juliet. And, um, wow. that was that the moving most, on that up, by the, the way, you went my from, career. You went from nurse to Juliet. I did. And it was so uh, the the young man who played action in West Side Story played Romeo to my Juliet, and he was my ex-boyfriend during the, it was a very dramatic breakup, uh, uninvited to prom, whole big thing. Wow. So there was lots of social undercurrents happening um, throughout this. Sounds, this, this, feels very, this feels very dramatic, much more it dramatic was, than anything that I experienced in high school. <laughs> Um, Again, but I yeah, don't know so, if I mentioned this, but nobody was interested in having any sort of physical well, contact you did, with me. You had the German friend who did not like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, well, the one that was the, not, the Nazi one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I should add that um, I went to an all-girls high school, and I did theater at the all-boys high school. Oh. Um, so. Very sexy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm into that. You know. Well, you know, you were Anita, but... Uh, they made Natalie Wood maybe the whitest girl ever fucking right. Maria. So yeah. how, I mean, honestly, how much worse? How much yeah. worse is that? Right. Yeah. You know, it's, um, have you also egotted? I have. Um, in yeah. the high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> high school. High school. Um, but yeah, I, I, but I have always loved West Side Story aside from my personal, um, relationship to it. Um, and it, I just enjoy watching it so much. It was hard for me to think about it from a critical perspective mm. for the podcast, but I tried. Um, so, so, so last episode, we talked a lot about the sound of music, um, which of course is amazing for me. I think West side story is the best musical adaptation ever filmed. And I'll tell you why. And it's, it, it's nothing Sound of Music can really compete with because it's not that kind of musical is because I think the way they filmed the dance in West Side Story yes. is so above and beyond <clears throat> any other musical I think that I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. Which is crazy when you consider <clears throat> it's been 60 years since it came out. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, we talked about with Music Man and we talked about with Hello Dolly, like there's these extended dance sequences and you're just like, uh, could we have cut this in like, like maybe done like a third of this, like, yeah. Yes. Whereas like the dancing in West Side Story is electric. I have goosebumps. But yeah, the, the, I wrote down like the way that how cinematic it is, the way that they filmed um, and directed the opening dance sequence, just the way it moves so seamlessly, but it's so, it's not flat. And I feel like a lot of times when you do uh movie adaptations of even even back then it was even sometimes when they would do movie adaptations of straight plays like um this is a lot of people haven't seen this movie one of my favorite movies is the bad seed not the damien one the play about a psycho a child psychopath named rhoda they used the same cast and they used the same staging when they filmed the movie so you might as well it was all very like one room in and out like very flat whereas with this the way that they figured out how how to to make it so dimensional. Yeah. Um, I think it's like really extraordinary. Yeah. Well, it still feels, I mean, unlike the sound of music, which feels like a movie, 
that happens to have songs. This mm-hmm. feels like a this feels like a play that happens to yes. be on your screen. And and the way the set design, I think, uh, lends to that as well. Yeah, like it's it's because you don't much... feel like you're. It doesn't feel like you're in a city. Like it's very right. clearly a set. But yes. but they be, they use the hell out of it. They because yeah. because it is a set. They're able to shoot the shit out of it. Yeah, and yeah. and that that the dancing is so it is so well because they're actually and we talk with Music Man and like and My Fair Lady and a lot of other uh, musicals. I mean, Sound of Music will for now and always be my favorite movie musical because I like the the songs the best and I I'm right. not as into dancing as I am into the songs. However, that's not a mo- that's not there is no dancing in that. Right. Um, other than the captain and Maria. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say um, these people are like, even just the way, even when they're not dancing, the way that they walk, I'm like, oh, you're a dancer. Like, you know yeah. when you see dancers out and about and you're like, and they're, they're like so long and lithe and just the way that they move as I'm like, oh, you move differently than anybody yeah. else. Like you, it's so clearly, it's so fluid. Everything is so fluid. And I think that follows, I think they do such a nice job. It's Robert Wise, who also directed The Sound of Music. Yeah. Um, the, the, each scene, like in the same way that they move so fluidly, each scene is very, like flows into the next very easily. It's a very calming, despite it being a sad story, it's a very like, it, it is a movie that kind of washes over you Yeah. in a way. You get kind of I, lulled into it. I um. Yeah, I agree. You don't have to do any work in that sense. It just takes care of you the whole time. Um, I saw the, so speaking of like the whole language uh, conversation we had about the German and and Nuremberg, um, I saw the revival of West Side Story when they, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda helped, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. When they were uh, were Spanish speaking, Um, all of the songs and, and dialogue was in Spanish. And I loved it, um, but I was so, so mad because, once again, it's maybe, I think it is my favorite musical, that girl, there was like two teenage girls there with their mom behind me, and an intermission, the girl goes, I don't know, it's just like so much dancing, like, <laughs> it's just like so much dancing, and I turned around and I was like, what? But um, <laughs> anyway, I thought that that was like a really interesting aspect to, to see it that way. Yeah. I think that would be really cool because it, it is, I, as, as somebody that is a big Natalie Wood fan, it is mm-hmm. a bit distracting to hear her be like a Tony. Her accent yeah. is yeah. really bad. Her accent is probably just as bad a, and offensive as mine was in, um, my, my, my production. I don't know if I mentioned I was, I was, Anita yes, yes, in, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so especially because the was it as accents. Italian as I is the one that I just did? Is it? Am I remembering it? Is it? I mean, it's more. It's less Italian than the one I just did, but it's still pretty. It, it's and it's also mixed with what's the name of the the speech pattern that was so popular with? I don't know, but Mid Atlantic or whatever. But it's like yeah. mixed with her actor speaking yeah. voice too. Yeah. So it's like they're just constantly like battling each other. Yeah. Um. And I particularly wondered how like Rita Moreno felt about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there, I haven't done enough research. I'm sure there were some sharks that probably were Puerto Rican heritage, but, you know, Bernardo, we talked about George Chakras was Greek and Natalie Wood, obviously not Puerto Rican. So sitting there listening to all these, um, not Puerto Rican people do Puerto Rican accents. 
Yeah. I'm sure she was, you know, amazed to have the opportunity. I mean, um, to be fair, Anita as a character seems to let a lot of stuff slide. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. She, she pretty much forgives immediately. Immediately. Her, she's madder about Maria being okay with her brother being killed than she seems to be about the fact that that's also her boyfriend that yes. was killed. Yeah. She's like, she killed your brother. Why? Like, I'm like, well, it was your boyfriend. You can, this can be about you also. Anita. Yeah. You yeah. Can, you can hurt. Yeah. And, but it then she kind of lets it go. Maria. Maria's yeah. like, you, you were in love, right? Remember, remember like five minutes ago when you were in love with somebody that wasn't dead. And then the person that I love made that person die. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. I will say too, I think, I think it's just because of the way it's cast. I think some of the things about, their emotional maturity or development or lack of emotional maturity is lost because they are supposed to be teenagers. Yes. And, and when you're watching it, none of them look like teenagers. So sometimes I'm just like, Maria is so stupid. And then I'm like, she's supposed to be like 16. Like I, you know, and the, and then the, the intensity of, of like their feelings and relationships, obviously everything is felt so much more when you have like no life experience yeah. and, and you're feeling it for the first time. Well, in, in, in Romeo and Juliet, you kind of buy that more because it's set in such a different time. It's like, yeah. you know, like the, yeah. like Shakespearean times, it's Elizabethan England is, I'm like, well, you only live to like 30 anyway. So I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That yeah, whatever, the, that... the Capulet and Montague parents were probably like 25. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm like, I buy this 100%. Yeah. It's different when it's like, yeah, New York in the 50s or or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. the other thing with that is like, you know, if it, Juliet if has already been like basically betrothed to Paris. I'm like, I know like the Chino character is sort of the Paris, but you know, it's not like she's having to marry him. No. So there is something about Tony and Maria. It's like, you guys just met. Like, you yeah. haven't even really talked. Are you sure you're that, that much in love? Yeah. Well, especially on his, on from coming from him, if Maria was truly, like, very, very sheltered and babied, uh, maybe for her, I could see that. I mean, this is the first time she's even, like, allowed to go out to a dance, right? This yes. is, like, her sort of, like, coming out um, event. Um, but Tony, I'm like... Dude, you never, you never like banged anyone before. Like, sorry, like yeah. what? Definitely like, one of those chicks that uh, was hanging around. Oh yeah, the the one of the oogly ooze. Which one of, by the one way, oogly ooze for <laughs> show. Which by the way, uh, there's some. I'm a upset <clears throat> that Allie never calls me daddy o. Never. Like not like in the entire. Honestly, of our I I get that this is a joke, but I, just the idea of like if you drop the o, <laughs> it's not. I don't no, like that, that would be weird, but I'm also sort of upset. I think we should bring back buggin'. Like oh, instead yeah. of saying fucking, like we should say buggin' more often. Buggin'. Yeah. Yeah. Buggin'. Yeah. There's some fun. There's there a lot of, fun, there's some slang some fun in this. turns of phrase yeah. that I enjoyed yeah. for sure. For sure. They were very creative about finding words that have the same feeling as cursing. Yeah. To replace the actual. Um, I. I also, so kind of like, you know how they're, they're sitting right now on the remake of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, part of that is because, A, because they can't have a cinematic release right now. B, because of the Ansel Elgort um, yeah. it all. issues. Yeah. But um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see it. And I hope it doesn't taint that. Or maybe they'll reshoot it. They have the time. But um, because they also cast, I think, entirely people of color 
as the the sharks. Yeah, yeah if you look at it, it's all. I mean, and this should say. <laughs> I mean, it's sad that they're all no name. Like no, they're all on. Other than Ansel Elgort, I didn't recognize. Somebody, Officer Krupke is somebody, it's like Chris Marloni or somebody fun, kind of. But, um, but beyond that, I didn't recognize any of the other names, which is exciting. Yeah. And I'm also excited because I think um, the way that they cast Maria is, I think they're finally breaking the trope of like, Maria is just this like white bread, boring, like trope of an ingenue, yeah. you know? Um, so I'm interested to see, to see how they do that as well. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I think Quintet is maybe one of the, maybe the best written show tune ever. Not like yeah. just like a song I'd want to put on and listen to, but just how it's constructed. Which is that? I think it's, that's the it's, one, it's the tonight, tonight, but it's like when it's, it's like the, the medley. And the oh, and Anita's getting ready. Yeah. yeah. And then like, and, right. and like kind of the, yeah, the contrast and then Anita getting ready to like see Bernardo after right. and Maria yeah. getting ready to, so I, yeah, I agree. It's I might very, say nonstop is better than that, but I, but I like that, but I, I get what you're saying. I like I'll that. tell you something. There wouldn't be a nonstop without quintet. We get I, I it. Lin-Manuel would tell you without a song time, <laughs> there's no Lin-Manuel. Um, I did write down, uh, so Marnie Nixon dubs Natalie Wood, who she you of course really also can famously, hear. Yeah. Uh, famously dubbed, um, Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady Lady as well. Um, Even her dubbing seems a little problematic. There's like some stuff like with the accent. She puts a trill and I'm like, this is strange. Yeah. I guess though, like if they actually had used someone to dub that had an authentic accent, it would have just been so out of place with Natalie Woods. Yeah. 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 Because Natalie Wood is, yeah. What is she doing? Um, Although (laughs) I do love her. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Robert Wagner killed her. Um, uh, I think the nice thing about this movie, I will say, as a, this musical, as a musical, is um, this is one of the few musicals I find that actually picks up steam as it goes. I think it starts uh-huh. out a little slow. And I think it's a lot of times, like even Sound of Music, like the first half has all the bangers. And you're mm-hmm. like, and listen, the first half has America, and that's that's the right. banger of the of the show. But the second half, like there is a lot of fun stuff that happens and there's a lot, there's good music and there's good stuff in the second half um, that unlike a lot of other movies that just have reprises of things or, um, you know, or they just kind of slow down. I think this picks up steam as it goes. I think it's, it starts, it starts slower and it, and it gets, and it, and it runs away. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of America in the play, um, there is only women present for that song. Yeah, I was going to say, because I I remember, listen, I have my own experience with West Side Story in that I choreographed a, Amer- a version <gasps> of America it for drama class. It was like an Why assignment. Why were you burying the lead? Oh. Why did you bury the lead like that? We Allie, because I've buried it as a memory. Because <laughs> truly, I've buried it as a memory. Like I, I, who, would you, who would you say had more impressive choreography? Is it Jerome <laughs> Robbins or you for your drama <laughs> I, I want to throw the modern dance major from Manhattan College that they hired to choreograph ours into into that contest. What? It was not good. I listen. <laughs> it was at least it was something. I think I just did a lot of like a a lot of like a what is, what is that move? The like 
the like Egyptian <laughs> sort of like a sh- like a shoulder like a shimmy shake kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, it was tough. I really have buried that deep, but um, uh, yeah. But then the but I remember because I was like I feel like I'm remembering this wrong because in that in the in the recording of the song, it's a girl that's like yeah. when I will go back to San Juan. Like it's yeah. a girl. Yeah, and I, but you know, I think it's a really interesting choice to put the men into the into it um, because I was thinking about from the women's perspective, like even though America for them is still so oppressive and hard, it's a completely different experience for the women than it is for the men yeah. because it's somehow they still can do so much more than they could yeah. where, before they left, right? Um, which I think wouldn't be really a point made if it was just when it's just the female characters like disagreeing over what they prefer. Right. Yeah. It was Um, a good choice. I think it was, I think that choice worked for sure. And Bernardo was so great. I was happy to, I'm happy to have him. Bernardo can get it too. Bernardo can get it. Yeah. Bernardo can get it a bit. Certainly more than Mm -hmm. Tony who I was like, Mm. There was no chemistry. No, there's like, there's nothing doing there. I was like, not, you guys didn't like when he wailed when he found out Maria was dead. Oh God! Which is which is bad. But then he does that really good fence jump. Yeah, that fence of, jump was pretty rad for sure. Yeah. He's, yeah. Again, he's very lithe for sure. But he like doesn't. There's something about him that like makes him stick out like a sore thumb with the other guys. Like the yeah. other guys are so kind of like grounded and like. Yeah. Well, Rick's like, we started the Jets together. I'm like, this, bro? You started the Jets yeah. with this dude? Like, I'm sorry. I think Riff should have played Tony, and I think Action should have played Riff. Yeah. That's how I would have cast it, because yeah. I did not believe, I did not, Tony did not sell sell it to me that no. he was like a streetwise no. gang member no. whatsoever. No. he's Is that actor, and may I ask this, was he, is he a homosexual? I guess we will not know, because this is the 60s, and it was, and he's yeah, definitely not I, out. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just didn't have, like, they just didn't have, um, chemistry. Listen, the dialogue in this movie, not great. I mean, this, the music is amazing. The, Anita is great. I mean, Rita Moreno, her lines are great. Um, did I cry at the end? I did. If you don't cry at the end of this movie, I'm like, what's going on here? Like what, Mm -hmm. what's happening? Um, how many bullets, how many bullets, bullets, how many bullets are left? Gino. I like that part. I like that part. She's yeah. good. I mean, I like Natalie Wood. She's good. No, she's a great actress. It's just um, weird. We can't we can't hate on her or blame her for for taking the lead role in yeah. a huge movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't um, going to happen for it wasn't certainly not in 1961. Probably no for for anybody. Um, Richard Bamer, who played Tony, is still alive. I can't find anything about his. Uh, Sexuality, but I will say it does not appear that he's ever been married. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. for an actor of that age probably mm-hmm, speaks mm-hmm, to something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good looking for sure. Just not very a lot good of, looking. Not a lot of sexuality, <clears throat> except yeah. in except in when he dances, in which I was like, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. Um, this movie's good. This movie's good. Yeah. I also one thing too, and this is like once again, I I was noticing how. Although it was colorized, so I guess I don't know how much. But I, I really liked the color stories that were happening with the costuming, especially at the dance. I don't know how many much of that was just added in afterwards 
and what the actual yeah. colors were, but I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Well, the decision that, to have yeah. her in white with just like the, mm-hmm. the band yeah. of red is very... And then like the, the purples and the greens, like yeah. with the different um, sides, it was, yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. It is a colorful... The outfits are... The, the costume design is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, before we make mention of any other movies from the year, um, let's rank the Best Picture nominees. Allie, we'll start from you, five to one. How would you rank these movies? I would say, uh, so we're starting with five being the worst. The worst. Yeah. Um, I would say, I'm really sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Funny in at five. Funny. I'm gonna put uh, Guns of Navarone at four. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put. Mm. See, this is really hard because I, I don't want to undermine the importance of. Uh, obvi- okay. I'm going to just spoiler. West Side Story is number is number one for me. In case you couldn't tell, mm-hmm. um, so I think I think I'm going to put uh, Hustler at three and Nuremberg at two. Okay, Meg. Okay, I am going to put Guns of Navarone at five. Uh huh. And then number four is the Hustler. Uh huh. And then number three is Fanny. Okay. Guys, honestly, for honestly, all my I fanny knew. heads out there, for all my fanny heads out there, please like um, join my Facebook group. <laughs> you know, I will say, I, I I will say, Fanny is a more enjoyable movie to watch than Everon. I think opinion, so. I I completely agree with you. I enjoy it. Disagree. <laughs> my Facebook group is going to be called uh, a fanny for you, a fanny for me. How about fan? Fan. Fans. Fans of Fanny. Fans of Fanny. Um, Number two is... Number two... There's a big gap for me between those three, though. And then I think think solid movies I would watch again is Judgment at Nuremberg at number two and West Side Story at number one. It's my hot take. And I have the same list as my wife. Not me? That's why we're married. That's shocking. That's I have Fanny shocking. last. Shocking. I have Fanny. Pretty big gap. Shocking. Guns of Navarone, gap. Hustler, Judgment Nurburg, West Side Story. I think are all really good movies. Yeah. Uh, but West Side Story is my number one. Um, Megan, were there any other movies from uh, the year uh, 1961 you wanted to make mention of? Yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about this already, but uh, I know you said you were going to watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. So I, mm-hmm. and like Allie, I saw that movie one billion times when I was uh, uh, growing up and I rewatched it and it's still fucking great. Moon River is great. It's hard for me yeah. to separate. I think you kind of were touching on this. It's, it is a good movie. It's also, there's a lot of nostalgia at play there for me. Right. Um, it's, it's good. I think, it, right? It's hard for the, the one thing about rewatching it that is really hard for me is the Mickey Rooney character. Yes. Yeah. Um, which and even everyone agrees. I, I think yeah. yes. even the director is like, that was terrible. Why yeah, did we Blake do Edwards that? has said like, he didn't think of any other at the time. And it's like the biggest mistake of his career. Like yes. if he could yeah. change anything he's done, it would be casting Mickey Rooney. And here's the thing. Even if they had cast a Japanese actor, it's still offensive. Japanese actor it's still offensive. was playing it that way. Even if he was not as offensive, but just as big, it's just tonally completely different than, 
everything that's going on between George Pippard and yeah, yeah, uh, Audrey have, Hepburn have, in the movie. And so it's really strange. Have well, either of you read the book? I actually I have, not. have not. No, I haven't either. And I, I'm, I think I'm going to now that you know I have time to, yeah. to do that mm-hmm. um, because I'm really interested. I've been told I never even thought about reading it, but like I, I've been told that even if you've seen the movie a million times, the book is not like it's still an enjoy like it's still an experience to read it it's um and i'm I'm curious as to how that character was written in yeah the- i don't think he was happy with it capote was happy with the with i mean i think he probably and it ultimately didn't give a shit because he got paid but well, I, he well i was i was telling ali that audrey hepburn apparently was very very much did not like when he was on set because he was very against her playing the role. Yes. They, they right. wanted Mar- he wanted Marilyn Monroe. Which and, is another intro. That's another thing where I'm like, now I really want to read the book because to me, that's such a different like flavor. Yeah. What a type. different, yeah. What a different. Whereas it, and whereas like, I guess you could say like Holly Golightly might've been the original manic pixie dream girl yes. in this movie. Marilyn Monroe, I think. She's a sex bomb. That's not, and that's not the, that's not how the manic pixie dream girl trades in. Yeah. Um, the, 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 uh, the look again, we talked kind of about this is like the look of both her look and the look of New York and the way they use New York and the way they use Tiffany's even Mm -hmm. is, um, it, I, I think it's like one of the first movies from that era that like does that well and makes New York look like a place you want to be. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a lot of yeah. other time, times when they shoot from stuff like that, you're like, ooh, God, it's so dirty. Because it it's, was. Yeah. It glamorized it a lot. And yeah. It's the original sex in the like, city. Yeah. There was a lot of like glamour to the way that it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her chunky highlights. Love them. Love I love the chunky highlights. I love her he- her earplugs. Oh yes, that look yes. like earrings and her yes. like cool like her cool her like ensemble. Yeah. I. I also will say I'm obviously a very overly sensitive person and a huge cat person. It's, it, I get, I very, very, the cat part at the end is very, very upsetting for me. Yeah. Um, I figured that would be. And I, I believe I've read that Audrey Hepburn has said that she really hated that part too. Aww. Um, odd. I, as, as far as I, and I, and I do, I should also mention not to name drop here, but it is rumored that our cat, um, Oliver is a direct descendant of the actor who played Cat wow. um, because we found him in Culver City, which is you know where where you know it was like a mecca of yeah. a film uh, yeah. studios. So it, it could be, it could not. I mean, we don't know. There's no way to know for sure. There's no, no way to know for sure. Do have him, have him spit in a hasn't come back. Have yeah. him spit in a in a little thing. <laughs> well, we were going in. to, but we actually found out one of our other cats is directly related to the Golden State Killer. Oh, so we just, yeah, we, so just, we, we yeah, shut it down. We don't want to You don't want to find out any other negative news yeah. like that. Um, also, I heard that cat had like a hand in casting with Mickey Rooney. So, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I enjoy this movie a lot. I like the themes of this movie. Um, I think the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is like a really apt, uh, comparison. I really do feel like that, that trope began so early on this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I hadn't thought about it when we watched the movie because I hadn't seen it in a while, but it was interesting having just watched Darling. And then rewatching Breakfast at Tiffany's because there are some similarities. There, there are I feel like especially yeah. the party scene. 
Yes. Like shot differently. Like one's more slapsticky and one's a little more new wavy. But I was like, I mean, this had to sort of be a direct like influence, I yeah. would think, on Darling. What makes me Brent angry is just so big. I think about that that party scene and a lot of stuff in Birth of What makes me even angrier about the Mickey Rooney character is like I think they they were like, Well, we gotta have this like comedic, you know this comedic relief or whatever, but there's plenty of funny shit that happens in the rest of the movie. Like the part where the, the, her like long cigarette, like lights the woman's hat on fire and then (laughs) they turn the drink on the drink on it and it goes out. That's like a fun, like this like whole like Rube Goldberg setup. Like, which by the way, then they cut, they cut to George Peppard and he's just like, Oh, that was so smart of her to do. It's like, you weren't going to say anything about this woman's head being on fire. (laughs) I think he was (laughs) trying. He was trying. And then he was like, Oh, the problem solved itself. The problem solved itself. That's uh, George Peppard's way. The problem solves itself. This, this With year his made dick. me think about. This year made me think about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because you know when they're talking about Leo's character auditioning for The Great Escape. Right. He talks about how it's him and the three Georges. Three Georges. And two of those Georges were George Peppard and George Shakir. Shakiris. 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 Maharis. Not sure how you. I'm not sure how you pronounce Peppard. it. Yeah, but Peppard, um, Peppard's hot too. Um, I'd pay. Him. I watched a, I watched a couple other movies from this year. Um, I watched A Taste of Honey, which I'd never seen. Which is this British social drama. It's about a girl who gets pregnant, and basically, her mother has remarried, and she's sort of kicked out of the house, and kind of she starts a family for the child with a gay man that he meets. That's like this young, closeted gay man which for the time was that's really interesting. yeah i was gonna say that's pretty... i don't think i don't think the movie's that great it's based on a play um and then i watched speaking of natalie wood i watched splendor in the grass in the grass oh splendor in the grass which i had never seen before which is basically just warren Beatty and did he spoil her did he natalie spoil her? wood um i can't remember if he does or not but oh, that's both line. Dri- she goes she goes did yeah. he spoil me mama She's, they're just driven mad by love and lust. Yeah. He's good in that. He's, he, that he was like a nothing, right? He was like, that was yeah, like I his think first that's one movie. of his first things. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would bump Fanny for any of those, but none of them are better than West Side Story, in my opinion. I, again, I can't, I, I kind of can't comment on it because, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think here's what I think. I think um, Breakfast at Tiffany's it, to, and West Side Story to me are like maybe on the same level as something I want to watch, depending on my mood. But I think the achievement of West Side Story gives right. it the the way that it was directed and the way that and the the talent that they got and and yeah. the dancing and everything. I think probably puts it above Breakfast right. at Tiffany's. Right. Yeah. It's just so much. Like they they pulled off so much that it. It's hard to compare. Yeah. To quote to. Ram- Ramona Singer from uh, Roni, I can appreciate the spectacle. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. And I feel like they both, West Side Story and Breakfast at Tiffany's, though, both had like a very, very strong aesthetic. Yes. Which yes. was really cool. They're very specific, yeah. very specific yeah. looking movies, which I like. Yeah, me too. Um, Ali, we usually ask at this point if, you know, people have a favorite movie from this year, but I don't think you've seen a 2020 release. I don't know if I have. Have I? <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I'm so. hoping there's my not been that movie. many. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be Mulan. 
Not gonna lie, and I'm not a, like a I'm not a Disney adult. I'm not. I just want to make that clear. One of those weird um, people that like have like uh, all the the uh, the pins and stuff, and they wear yeah, it. I, it's uh, on I, the lanyard. I'm not a Disney adult. I am. But Those I, are I some was 90 really day fiance people. Let me tell you that. Oh right yeah. Now. I mean, it's a really, it's hard for people who don't live in, I think a state that has a Disney theme park in it to understand how specific a Disney adult is. Yes. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't think I've seen any, any new releases this year. I mean, Craig would know, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think so. Um, so. you seen anything recently, Meg, that you liked? Um, I, not movie wise. I think, uh, although I remind, I'm reminded of, um, uh, Birds of Prey, which is a, is great. I really, I, I keep going back to that. I thought it was a very, I thought that movie is very fun because I've been watching, uh, the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO mm. Max, which is a fucking delight. It's very fun and even I'm not a superhero person, and mm-hmm. uh, I am really enjoying the the Harley Quinn animated series on uh, cool. on HBO Max. That's my hot. That's my that's my rec, That's my hot wreck. Probably my best. The best movie that I've seen this year is probably Palm Springs, and you know it was good. Yeah, um, I don't think I've seen anything new that I loved. Um, I miss the movies. Me too. I miss. I miss, really I missing miss Tenant. Really bummed about not seeing Tenant. I will refuse to see Tenant at home too. I'm fucking not doing it. I'm not doing should it. Should we should we use all the money we've made um, from this podcast to fly to China and see Tenant <laughs> on September fourth? <laughs> Is that when it's coming out? In, in China. China. Yeah. yeah. God, I'd love to be in China. I'd love to be anywhere, honestly. But I'd love my to house. be in New Zealand right now. Yeah, because uh, everything's fine there. <laughs> yeah. To be an island. Yeah. You know? Um, Allie, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. I'm a very private person. Just 90 Day Fiance. And 90 Day Fiance. And uh, we've been uh, watching Instant Hotel on Netflix. Instant Hotel oh, is yeah. really good. No. Um, we've, we watched All Be Gone in the Dark, um, which was very mo- I was very moved by it. Um, because of the way it told Michelle's story. Oh my God, um, that was a part I didn't care about. Was that what? terrible? I don't care about that. I was like, no. I didn't think it was good because I was like, I want to hear the story of the Golden State Killer. I'm not that interested in Michelle McNamara. I, I already knew, like, so because I've, once again, a white millennial woman, I, I love true crime. It's Who one doesn't of my love personality true crime? Traits. Who doesn't love true crime? Um, I'm like a big true crime. It's head. not a personality um, trait, it is a personality. Right. You get it. Right. Um, don't get it twisted. I guess I enjoyed I enjoyed the way that they blended the two. Still, well, still think Patton Oswalt majorly sus. Uh, that could just be me. But I know, Craig I know. doesn't. Craig disagrees. allegedly, allegedly. I'm like, I know. I'm like, you know, he really plays this role very well of being such a grief stricken husband. It was kind of weird. I, I will weird. say, it, it, there's something off. I, yeah. I, 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 there is something off. Um, yeah. Um, Meg, anything to plug? Um, no, I don't really. Uh, my my Instagram is uh, at Murphy Megan, and I'm on Twitter at at Too Many Megans. But I definitely don't tweet anymore, unless it's about the housewives. Yeah, and now maybe oh, Day Fiance. 
I will say, I will say, um, if you are a 90 day fiance fan, I, I do have a TikTok that, uh, I mostly rate the bridal. I make short videos in which I rate the bridal looks of 90 day. Oh, great. Okay. So if you'd like to check those Please out, plug that. Please plug that. Um, it's my, my handle on TikTok is at Allie in Blunderland. Get it. Um, Love it. And that's A-L-L-I. So yeah, if, if it's a very niche, it's a very niche community there, um, but it's, it's there and people seem to enjoy it. Make sure, to, make sure to check it out in the next 45 days before it gets banned before it gets, in the United States. Banned, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You live in a um, You can... You can follow us on Instagram at The Oscar Should Have Gone To, on Twitter at The Oscar Should. You can find us on Facebook. If you like what you're listening to, please rate and review us. It helps us get more listens. Um, we'll be back in a few weeks with another year. Um, and until then, we hope everyone stays safe and healthy. And thank you, Allie. Thank you, you're Allie. Welcome. You're welcome, Daddy-O. Oh, God. Hey. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was bugging nice. <laughs> On that uh, note. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>